What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website. Hello, welcome to Layback with Betfair, the Royal Ascot preview. We've just finished up our Australian show and it's now time to turn our eyes to the UK and stepping into the hot seat is Rory Flanagan. Welcome along, Rory. Thanks for having me, fellas. Mate, it's a big week coming up for you. You must be pretty excited. It's a tough gig, this. You're previewing a five-day carnival, five days before it kicks off. So um, some of the form you've completed on the final day is actually 10 days away. So exactly. no pressure. No, no pressure at all. But no, I, I love it. This is this is my grand final. This is my um, this is the one thing that I set myself for every year. So I'm I'm excited to get stuck into it. Bit of pre bit of pre carnival nerves, no doubt as well. Then, mate, if that's uh, the pressure you're putting on yourself, I'm, I'm more nervous about having to wear the top hat and tails. To be honest, <laughs> really, pants optional on the couch or <laughs> no, he's <laughs> kidding. Over. I'm, 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 I'm flying over. I'm I've got the wrong hosting gig here. I'm, got, I'm flying straight from straight from the. Uh, studios on Sunday morning for another preview show. Yep. Straight onto the plane. So if uh, if baggage drop doesn't go too well, then I could be in a bit of a, <laughs> could be in a spot of bother. Well, I need some quick sectionals at uh, border security. Yeah, we'll keep the top hat in the overhead compartment, mate. Uh, Tommy and I are just going to go through the five days with you, mate. And the best place to kick off, I guess, is the Tuesday. Before we do that, though, I guess historically, how's the track played and how much can the pattern change across the five days? Yeah, normally you'll find with, with wear and tear on a softer track, there's more uh, variations in, in which lanes they'll come up. But traditionally on, on a rattling fast surface where it's nice and dry and they're just watering it, they'll progress from one side of the track will get more watering, the other, track will, other side of the track will dry quicker. So the fast lane on the Tuesday might be close to the stand side. Then come Thursday when there's some rail movements and more watering applied, then the, the far side becomes the fast lane. And then you've got some of these 30 horse um, big field handicaps and you're, you're betting into you know, these massive markets. But if you can catch on to the track pattern, then you can put a line through you know, 15 of those and you're betting into a 75% market instead of 100%, 110% market. So that's one, one thing to look out for. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, we'll start off in, uh, on Tuesday in the group one, the Queen Anne. Over the mile, it's wait for age. Bayeed won the race last year for Billy Haggis, Jim Crowley in the saddle. There's two at the top of the market, Modern Games and Inspiral, that look uh, pretty tough to beat. How are you assessing this one? Modern Games is probably close to my second best bet of the week uh, from the 35 races. So I think his form over a mile on dry ground is just phenomenal. It's world class. Um, he was once touted as a Golden Eagle type horse, but then he started winning for fun and Charlie Apple would be like, oh, hang on, we've got a future stallion star here on our hands, let's place him a bit better, let's take him to the Breeders' Cup, that, side of, that sort of thing. Um, question mark whether he'll handle the, the uphill finish at Ascot, but I think with the dry track form, the, group, the horses he's beaten, the form that's standing up in behind, um, I think 2, 280, 2.9 you're getting on Betfair at the moment, I think that's a great price to take. And in Spiral, she's sort of got some bad tendencies when jumping out the barriers. She can fluff the start a bit. Mm. And I think for those two to be almost the same price, there's too many knocks on in Spiral. Um, she mixes up her form too much. She, was, you know, she lost to horses that she put 12 lengths on last yeah. season. So 
Bond games, just bomb proof. You know you're going to get a run for your money, and I think he's probably the second best bet of the week. Yep, and two eighty, two ninety. I just I've noticed just looking at the the exchange markets last night when we're six days out, the liquidity is massive in these already, and you can already sort of get involved on the exchange, Tommy. Yeah, two eighty eight currently. Um, you can just start putting up some prices as well, asking there'll be plenty of backers and plenty of layers on betfair.com.au. Inspiral won the Coronation Stakes last year. It was a 1600 meter circle race, so now they're 1600 meter straight. I assume the straight's a lot tougher than the circle race? 100%, and I think she she benefits from being smothered up, ridden in behind a pack and then being produced explosively late, whereas this, you've sort of got to expose yourself and you've got to make a long, sustained run up the straight track, and that suits one games a little bit better than it suits Inspiral. Frankel won this race in 2012 by lazy 11 lengths. By a lap. If you don't mind. Unbelievable race. One of the uh, best performances on turf in the history of the world, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great record for favourites, to be honest. I think any time a favourites come up odds on, they've almost, the last 20 years, I think they've only been beaten two, two times. So. There you go. Huge. Hey, let's turn our attention to the Group 1 King Stand uh, stakes. Wage for age, 1,000 metres. Up the guts again. There's a real Australian flavour this. You spoke about this on um, last week's show as well. Nature Strip or Nature Stripe, <laughs> as they called it. One at, uh, put a hole in them last year. You've got Cool and Gatter for Team Ma Eustace. will represent us as well as Cannonball for Team Snowden. What are the important factors to consider before, I guess, betting into this race? How is this race changed over the week since you last sort of gave us a preview. Um, the Aussies are genuine sniff. Well, uh, Cool and Gatta, the, the team put up a, fo- a video of her gallop uh, last night and she looked really, really good. Um, she was only in second gear and she dropped the lead horse um, like a murder weapon. Do you know who that was? Uh, I think it was So Chic, who's like a 85 rated sprinter for yeah. Charlie, Charlie so Hills. So the benchmark so, 58 here, mm-hmm. sprinter. Well, she's not a bad horse to be honest. Um, it's probably a 900 metre Gold Coast type, um, that thing. But um, it was a good piece of work. It gave me a similar feel to what Nature Strip did when he went over there and had his first look at Ascot. So um, if you like her and you want to back her, you can't have too many knocks on, on what she's done so far since she's landed. Um, she looks in good health. And I think about the price she's getting at the moment, it's, it looks almost a two-horse race between her and the favourite. Um, but the, the volumes of money that get crunched late, like the market with this race, they always seem to know. Like you had uh, Oxted a couple of years ago, it was $11 half an hour before the jump, and then he jumped 5.5 and bolted in. Um, the Nature Strip last year, a minute before the jump, he was 3.8. 30 seconds before the jump, he was 3.7. At the jump, he was 3.3. And these are like massive multi-million dollar markets, the volume, and he just got absolutely s- smashed and he won by six, seven lengths. So. I'd say follow the, mo- the money late with this race because they always seem to know. Mm. And what are the prices at the moment at the top of the market, Tommy? And importantly as well, the Aussies, what are we sort of sitting at? Yeah, I feel Princess $3.70 at the moment, Cool and Gatta $4.30. Uh, given Australia's record, we've won this race four or five times. We sent Dreddy 2007, Scenic Blast 2009, Take of a Target, won it, Choisir in 2003, and obviously Nature Strip last year as well. We've got a great record in the race. So Cool and Gatta $4.30. I think Australia will be hard to beat in this race. Cannonball, $13. What do you make of Highfield Princess? It's, just... it's actually a pretty good move for for, Can- for sorry for Cool and Gatta because she was 5.1 a few hours ago. So $4.30 there. So Highfield Princess, is she as good as the odds suggest she is? She's probably the the toughest horse in UK racing. She can 
You need to be with this. You, you could, she can win over a thousand. Yep. She can win over fourteen hundred. She can do it from the back of the field. She can do it on pace. She can do it on any kind of going. Um, she can do it on uphill tracks. She can do it on flat tracks. And she's always thereabouts in the top three. Um, and they love her constitution so much that they're even talking about if she wins at Royal Ascot, they'll try and secure an Everest slot for her. So she'd want to be winning by a fair space to have any kind of hope. Because if you look at the, the record of the, the Europeans in the Everest, they come around the bend in Randwick and then the wheels fall off and they finish last. So yeah. just, just a point here on the markets um, footy. Mm. If you like Call and Gatter, if you like Cannibal, if you're going to bet, don't bet in the Australian Corps. Like, bet against the UK punters on betfair.com.au because you're going to get a much better price. You can get on for whatever you want. So if you are going to back them, don't bother looking on your corporates. Get straight to Betfair because you're getting the best price. All right, well, let's move to the next group one on the Tuesday uh, and then before we get to day number two. And it's the St. James Palace. It's over a mile. It's for three old boys. Uh, Caribus won the race last year in a blanket finish for Team Godolphin. Um, this year we've got... Cali Dunn, is it Caldean? Caldean. Caldean. Uh, Paddington and Chiquero's Gift, they all share the top end of the market. How are you seeing this one, mate? Yeah, I'm a massive, massive fan of, of Paddington. I think, I think his win in the Irish 2000 Guineas was much, much better than it looked. Um, Caldean had the right draw and the right uh, race shape and, and got some rain in the 2000 Guineas in the English version. So I think he's rock, rock bottom odds. Um, I've had a bit of a lay on him um, in futures because I think his price is, is just too too low and you can just risk that. And then on the day, if he drifts a bit, then you can obviously chop out and, and get yourself some profit. But I think Paddington for Aidan O'Brien, when he's potentially gonna throw in a pacemaker as well to try and stir the pot. Um, the interesting one is, is Cicero's gift, who two weeks ago was 11 bucks and then he had some interest from Hong Kong buyers and some Australian buyers, and now he's closer to six, seven dollars. So he's been a sustained market move for him. Um, I just don't think he's suited to a rock hard, dry track because he's got a big round knee action. But that's where all the money is at the moment. Just with the liquidity in the market, you must be able to, obviously having an eye to UK racing like you do, you must be able to make some serious profit before we even get to Royal Ascot, um, given the amount of money in there on the exchange in the UK. And is, is that something that you constantly look to do? So when you go there, it's basically, you're gonna be ahead of the game regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you're looking, I think the best way to play is look at races where some horses will only have a liking for soft ground and you wanna get on a dry track type horse and you know that these trainers are gonna protect these horses and scratch their wet trackers on the dry track. So that, that market's gonna tighten up in a massive way and you can guarantee yourself some profit by either laying those horses that aren't gonna run or backing those horses that are definitely gonna run at a bigger price that'll shorten and shorten and shorten mm. and obviously trade it on the day. Brilliant. Uh, let's head to Wednesday now. Um, we've got a Group 1 and a Group 2 to preview here. The first is the Group 1, the Prince of Wales Stakes, over 2,000. Uh, a galloper who we're very familiar with in Australia on the 2021 Cox Plate State of Rest, uh, won the race last year for Joseph O'Brien. And you're pretty excited about this year's edition, Rory. Yeah, no, it, until last week, it, it looked like absolutely the race of the week because you had Desert Crown, you had Adair, you had... Um, uh, Aidan O'Brien's horse, Luxembourg, who was, you know, an arc favourite at one stage. And obviously you've got My Prospero as well, who My Prospero is rumoured to be tackling the Cox Plate this year. So he's one to keep an eye on. Um, quite often this race is a bit trappy in that it favours the 
two or three horses that are settling at the front of the field. So you don't want to be anything too far back. State of Rest obviously won by leading the whole way. Mm -hmm. So you don't want a horse that, that's going to be at the back of the field because they usually go pretty slow here. Um, but you can't really look past a day at this point in time because the horse he beat first up, Anmart, went to France and won the, uh, the pre-Dispahan, which is a group one. And he looks like he's finally learned how to settle because he's thrown away two group ones last season purely because he didn't settle. Um, so I think he looks, he looks a really good bet in that race. Um, and my Prospero, obviously, last week was the trade strategy. There's been a couple of scratchings now. Obviously, the favourites come out. So my Prospero has quite shortened quite a bit, and um, you could, he's probably going to come out, come in even more, and you can then you can trade out for some profit there. Yep. What are the markets looking like in that race, Tommy? Very even at the top. Luxembourg three twenty, uh, Adaya three thirty, my Prospero now four dollars fifty, and Bay Bridge, on the fourth line at seven dollars sixty, guys. So um, pretty even market. It'll trim down a, a fair bit more coming closer to the race as well. Yep. Um, the Group Two Queen Mary again over the. 1,006 metres up the straight. Um, what's your opinion on this one? Just just keep an eye on whatever Wesley Ward brings over because they usually run top three. Um, they're almost a lock to do that. They run 900 metre races around a tight donut type track in America mm. and they've just got pure speed and they're just so sharp out of the gates that a lot of these inexperienced UK sprinters that only have, or two-year-olds that only have you know, one start or two starts maximum and still have bad barrier manners, they're really professionally educated. And just from being able to land four or five links in front of the other horses, that's why they go much, much closer. So I think keep an eye on whatever he brings over for that race. And he's won four of the last 14 editions, like you said. So his latest in 2020. I'm interested by that as well, because we talk about, um, we spoke about in the King's Stand, that you almost have to be like an 1100 or 1200 metre horse Absolutely. with that uphill part as well. But you're saying the key advantage here is just that early speed. Because they don't have barrier trials in the UK. So... The, the work that they do in America sometimes, so they're not afraid to fire them out of the gates. Mm. So they're just much, much more professionally educated as two-year-olds. And I think that's why he's had such a good record in Dada Scott. Brilliant. Um, before we head to Thursday, we might just talk about, and you've already touched on it a little bit, just in our back to school segment, might talk about track pattern and bias. And I'm really um, keen to hear how you make track pattern and bias um, profitable for yourself prior to the race and even being run. Yeah, so the, the first thing I'll try and try and do and look at is compare the meetings on the same sort of same sort of going. If it was good to firm, or if it was heavy, or where are they coming on on that particular um, part of the track? Um, have they moved the rail out? Um, what were they doing? If there's a big carnival, what were they doing the previous days before? Has the rail shifted again? Um, and then you just basically you're trying to reduce your market percentage of what you're betting into. So if you know you can just put a line through you know, 10 horses out of a 20 horse big field handicap straight away, th then you're just identifying the horses that are going to be able to find that, you know, fast lane, that fast rail and putting together a couple, you know, you might want to back two or three horses because they can't all find that rail. Mm. Um, and then looking for ones that sort of settle in behind on that rail as well, that'll get back in the run and might run on late and find some gaps and because they balloon in, in price in these races. So in these big field handicaps, um, there's a lot of horses that, They'll, they'll fluctuate quite sharply in their price in the run. And if you're keeping an eye on that and you're pretty sharp and you've got some, you know, some back orders ready to go at bigger prices, 
or some lay orders at some pretty short prices for horses that'll be stuck in the no man's land, so to speak, mm. that's probably the best way to play it. Yeah. I'm also keen to understand as well, like, because it's very different to racing out here in Australia, and I'm not a big international punter mm. at all, but I'm really intrigued around these 30 horse fields and places paying down to six. Like, is that a really great opportunity to yeah. make some money around that, for, particularly for those yeah. horses that find the right lanes, map well, land up on speed? So, for, for example, one of, one of the most successful ones I had a few years back was a horse called Biometric, which yep. ended up coming out to Australia. Um, he, was, he was coming down the, I think he was drawn 25 of, of 30 or something like that mm-hmm. um, in the Britannia. And I had a good crack at him to win, but also in the six places market because I knew that there's no way he could have possibly got across and into no man's land from how far across he was. And I was happy to throw you know, darts at three or four or five horses that are all drawn that that faster side, that markedly faster side. Because what happens is they'll break into two groups because some some pace will be on the on one side and they'll those horses will gravitate and they'll follow that because they want some colour, they want to lead. And then on the other side where the ground's much, much better, much quicker, they'll they'll break off. And so you can almost put a line through all the horses on the far side and stick with the ones that are on the near side. And if you if you're getting, you know, 30 horses and you know that none of them are going to run a place on the far side and you've got a 50 to 1 shot to run top six, mm. that's where you can really get some value and there's plenty of liquidity to do it because it's such a major carnival. Huge. Um, let's head to Thursday now, mate, and we'll talk about the Group 2 Ribblesdale. It's for the three-year-old fillies over 2,400. Uh, Jessica Harrington trained Magical Lagoon to win the race last year. You're expecting a fair bit to unfold over the weekend uh, yes. in terms of how this race shapes. Yeah, quite quite often. So this this falls right in the midst of where where the French Oaks is as well. So a lot of these horses that sort of missed out on getting a Group One early doors, um, in either the Allery or the English Oaks, um, they'll try and snag a Group One or what they think is a weaker Group One um, in the French Oaks, and then this race cuts up in a big way as a result. So if if you know you've got a horse that's going to go there and definitely is being aimed at this race, you can have a futures ticket here and then sort of lay off mm-hmm. at, a, at a shorter price later on. So I, there's two horses I like called Lumia Rock and LeMay. Now both of them I think they're about 20 bucks, or they were when I last checked. Um, they both want rock hard as fast as possible ground and they both want the 2400 metre trip and I think they'll run big races at a price and I know that they're definitely going there because I've had it confirmed by Connections. So that's Lumiere, Rock and LeMay. Tommy, what were they paying there on the exchange at the moment? Yeah, LeMay, $36 at the moment, and Lumiere, Rock, $14. So plenty of value. Uh, $10,000 traded in this market already, and a $5 favourite. So pretty open betting there. Are we going to move on to the Gold Cup now? Yeah, we will. The feature of the day on Thursday, uh, run over 4,000 metres, the feature for Ladies' Day. Uh, Stradivarius is probably the one that... Even even myself, not being a huge <laughs> international racing fan, um, that treble hits pretty home from 2018 to 2020. How does this year's edition look in terms of class? Yeah, it's, it's new kids on the block this year. Um, you have a first-time winner except for Subjectivist. Subjectivist had about 12 months off with an injury. Um, the interesting one is, is Yabir. He won 2,400-metre Breeders' Cup with a punishing turn of foot, and now they're throwing him over 4,000 metres up an extra mile in distance. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, I think Charlie Appleby sort of lost for ideas with what to do with him. Um, His pers- training performance. Personally, I think you should send him to Australia because he'd be great out here. Mm-hmm. He's perfect around a bend. Um, it's one horse called Courage Mon Ami, who's a potential to watch as a Melbourne Cup import. 
But I think Coltrane is extremely hard to beat. He won 4,400 metres at this carnival last year. Worthy favourite, loves the track, loves the grounds, gun jockey. Taking seventy. Absolutely. There you go. It's a good uh, confidence tip into Coltrane in the Gold Cup on the Thursday. Uh, Friday, we've got a couple of Group 1s to look at. Commonwealth Cup for the three-year-olds, 1,200. Uh, perfect power for Richard Fay, won it last year. Um, you're taking a set against the Phillies, though. Yeah, I, I do love Lazoo as a horse, um, and I thought she'd shorten us in price, as I think she would be she in a good training, trading strategy. Um, but they have a shocking record. I think I've, I've had nearly 30 of them run, and there's only had two winners. So um, it's pretty damning. The key, the key, yeah, the key stat here, what you want to look for is a three-year-old that's dropping from a mile back to 1,200. And we've had, I think, in the last six years, I think four out of the six have done that and won. Three out of the last four years. You've got a little big bear who flopped in the guineas, came out and won over 1,200 metres last start. He looks a worthy favourite here. Perfect Power did it last year. Advertised the year before. Campanella as well. Is that is that track-related, tempo-related combination it's, of things? It's, as harsh as it might sound, it's bad training. It's, it's greedy uh, breeders and, and owners who want a mile-winning, guineas-winning stallion, and they think that their three-year-olds can get the mile, and they just simply don't, and they're better suited as a sprinter because they always were a sprinter. They drop them back in trip, they win this race because they're the best horse. So um, who are you siding with? Do you yeah, have so there's, there's here? two horses that I'm really, really keen on. One is the favourite little big bear, but also Al Dasim, who mm -hmm. had a great campaign in Dubai, and I think he just went a little bit off the boil against the older horses, played up pre-race in that, in that, in that uh, Al Quaz. I think back to the UK with a bit of a freshen up, big chance of big odds. Yep, what price? Yeah, it was about $50 and a little big bear, 276 there. So um, a favourite and one at big odds. On a Tommy Haylock two play for the, for those types of odds, Tommy. Uh, group one coronation stakes time, three-year-old Phillies, mile. Um, Tommy Touchstone spiral for Team Gosden and Dottori uh, won the race last year. How's this one looking? Yeah, great rematch between the English 1,000 guineas 1-2 uh, and they were about eight lengths clear of the third horse. So it's, it can only be a race in two really. And it's whether or not you're comfortable with Morge having ten, a 10 day setback where she did no fast work, no gallops whatsoever. So if you think she's gonna be rock hard fit and ready to run her best race in, in, in that race, back her because she's got a better race pattern than Tahira. But Tahira was, she looked like a preseason foot, footballer with the gut she had ahead of the 1000 guineas. She went to the Irish Guineas next start and absolutely bolted in. Um, and I think if if it's purely 100% fitness, Tahira has a better turn of foot, more ability. She should be winning if, if there's any chinks in Morge's armour. Very nice. We've got some prices there for those, yeah, Tom. Racing two, basically. The market to here is odds on and Morge $3.60. So uh, when we did this show last week, they were much closer in betting. So obviously the 10 day without work has meant Morge has drifted. Mm. Well, let's head to Saturday now, which is only a lazy 10 days away from as we sit here. It's uh, hard enough Thursday to Saturday. <laughs> oh, I can't deal doing form Wednesday night for Saturday Australian racing. <laughs> um, so hats off to you, or top hats off to you. Um, listed <laughs> Chesham Stakes. Chesham. Chesham Stakes yeah. for the two-year-olds, 1,400 metres. Looks a tough race for the juveniles because there's some first starters involved exactly. here. No for, market up already, so we'll just see exactly yes. In some of the fixed odds, they they put up Diego Velasquez as a four dollar chance, unraced, but he's already favourite for the Guineas next year and favourite for the Derby, and he hasn't even raced. Um, <laughs> such is the hype around that horse. Um, last year, a horse was one hundred and twenty to one, got backed into fifty to one, and then it bolted in in this race last year. Unseen debutant, unfashionably bred. Um, Gay Waterhouse tried to buy it. 
Um, so you won really, a race since? Uh, it hasn't, but it's got a couple of Group 1 placings. Oh. Um, it ran second to the, the Derby winner, actually. But Charlie Appleby's got a really, really nice horse called Ancient Wisdom. And if he, he, qual- he meets the breeding qualifications to be entered in this race, and if he runs it, I think because of the hype around some of the other horses, we might get a price for Ancient Wisdom. So when the five-day declarations come out, keep an eye on Ancient Wisdom, which will be around Tuesday night uh, Australian time. Ancient Wisdom, I think if you can get $5 or $4, I think he's definitely worth the punt. Yep. What, I'm intrigued to know what the access is like for these juveniles and for first starters at races for UK form analysts. Like, obviously, they don't get access to the trial files with Tom Haylock and the Bald Eagle. So how do you assess something like this? Yeah, well, it's, it's, you sort of got to rely on pedigree and, and, and word that gets out and, and whatnot, and also looking at the, the history of the... the um, like the, the dam and whatnot, what they did, are they, is the stable producing first-time winners? Does the, the stable educate their horses with, with barrier trials? Do they just ride them hands and heels on their debut like they do in France? Um, Irish, Irish form actually has barrier trials now, so okay. it's much, much easier to punt on unseen two-year-olds in Ireland than it is in England. But Charlie Appleby always sends his horses up the new market gallops, mm-hmm. which is similar to Ascot, and that's why I'm more confident backing Appleby first-timers or second starters mm-hmm. at Ascot. Terrific. Well, let's look at the Group 3, uh, the jersey for the three-year-olds, and you speak of Charlie Appleby. This one's over 1,400. He's taken out the last two editions of this race as well. Yeah, no, had a massive, massive opinion of Noble Style. I always thought he was a sprinter, so when they sent him, when they had him planned out for the guineas and whatnot, I didn't think he was going to do well there. Um, he sort of, over races, doesn't really settle properly, so if they've gelded him like they did with Creative Force and set it for this race, it should be absolutely bolting in, because what he did here on Debut was, was utterly electric and... If he starts two dollars fifty plus, that's that's more than backable price. What do we got now on the exchange time? No market no up market, at the yeah, I think, okay. I think we'll local local fixed odds over there. I think it was three dollars. Okay. So. Um, the group to Hardwick for four year olds and upwards, twenty four hundred meters. You've got a bit of a weather watch here. Yeah, um, I think I think we've had it confirmed now that, that, that from the stable that they're going to run regardless because there's going to be no rain for the Prince of Wales that they were thinking about last minute entry for him. This is my best bet of the week, Hookham. Um, what he did to Desert Crown, the previously unbeaten derby winner, um, over 2,000 metres he just he just cruised up past him and, and put him to bed, which I thought he'd be looking for 26, 2,800 metres races and looking to be more of a stayer, but he had a lot of pace, a lot of turn of foot, similar to what Without a Fight did um, over here last couple of races. And when you'll go back to their form in Dubai, Hookham thrashed Without a Fight. so. His form's stacking up all over the place. There's not really any strong other contenders in this race. And I think he's been, I think, shortened in price from about 4.7 into, what is he now? $2.90. Mm. There you go. So mass, massive move from, from last week. Um, and I think he just simply wins. Yep, there you go. Outstanding. Um, and the final race we're going to look at is um, one we're all going to have a lot of interest in. It's the Group 1, the Queen Elizabeth Jubilee, four-year-olds and upwards, uh, 1,200 metres. Tommy spoke about Schwarzier, Black Caviar, Merchant Navy, all famous winners of this race. Um, we've got Artorias um, for Anthony and Sam Friedman. Could they be the next Aussies to add their names into the books? And the Astrologist is also running in this race. How do you assess the Aussies' chances and what's your take on uh, the Jubilee? Yeah, so I think um, Artorias is probably a worthy favourite based on body of work, what he's done, Group 1 placings in Europe. Um, if he jumps better than last year, he's definitely got a chance. He's, um, he's obviously got a jockey, up, jockey upgrade this year with J-Mac booked. Um, I think 
as far as the astrologist goes, you really want to be putting away John of Gauntfield at Haydock to have any hope of winning at Ascot. He didn't seem to handle his, his first up run uh, at York. And on a leader's paradise to only run second in a week group three, I don't think you're going to be contending with a group one Jubilee field. Um, but the, the value, I think, in this race, and I think he's getting backed at the moment, is a, a horse called Al Sahail. It's a 1,400-metre horse, so I like that profile of, of horse wanting further to get the uphill finish over 1,200 metres. He hit 1.1 in the run in the Alquaz, but he was drawn a barrier that's never won that race. Mm. So for him, I think if you can get double figures for him, he'll shorten drastically in price, and he'll look like the winner at some stage in the race. And then there's obviously Wellington, from Hong Kong who brings the Lucky Sway Ness form. So if you like the Lucky Sway Ness form, he's probably worth a bet as well and he's probably deserving of being a top two second favourite. And the market, Tommy? Yeah, it's obviously getting about $5 at the moment and Elsa Hale, fifteen fifty. Do you expect that market to change drastically over the coming week? Yeah, it, it does does move move and shake a bit. There'll be track gallops, there'll be pieces of work, there'll be information from the stable of what they're trying to do. And then obviously this Highfield Princess, who if she wins on the Tuesday, they'll apparently try and back her up on the Saturday. So For Aussies that are keen to get involved, would you say guns in holsters for now with the likes of Artorias? Yeah, de definitely keep your powder dry, just wait um, and follow the market as well. Like the, 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 These big sprints at, at Royal Ascot, the market always seems to know what the winner's going to do. Oh, terrific. Um, well, that rounds out the, the five days, uh, Rory. A outstanding insight. We might just wrap up with just your best bets quickly and your best lays for the entire carnival um, so our listeners and viewers can quickly jot those down. Yeah, so we've got Hook'em in the Hardwick Stakes on the Saturday, Modern Games in the Queen Anne on the Tuesday, uh, Noble Style in the Jersey on the Saturday, Coltrane in the Gold Cup on the Thursday, I think it is, and a day out in the Prince of Wales on the Wednesday. And as far as lays, I'm happy to take a set against Diego Velazquez and Chaldean in the in the uh, St. James Palace. Brilliant, mate. Well, um, that rounds, rounds out the uh, episode of Layback, the uh, Royal Ascot edition. We'll let you get home now, pack the bag, keep the top hat nice. And <laughs> I think you're meant to put like pillows or newspaper or something in something it to in it, keep yeah. the shape on the plane. Just... I've got zero experience with put them. A hat, but, put, a hat uh, box, put it in a hat box. Or hat box, I like it. Um, yeah, all the best, mate. Thanks for your insight. Um, I'm excited to sit down and watch the carnival with a little bit more knowledge now. And uh, I'm sure Tommy's much the same. Yes, can't wait. It's going to be cricket. All things betfair.com.au, cricket, Ascot, Wimbledon, big summer of sport in England. Thanks for your time. And as always, gamble responsibly. gambling really costing you. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.